Thank you for joining the Ross Republic podcast. In our fifth episode, your hosts Adrian Klee and Mikko Riikinen discuss banks' collaboration with fintechs. The banking industry is ongoing a fintech revolution where the competitive advantages of the incumbents are disrupted by digitalization, the emergence of startups and regulatory changes. In response, banks have begun collaborating with startups by organizing accelerators and incubators to promote corporate innovation. The process is not without its challenges and critical questions remain unanswered. How do different collaboration models with fintech startups help incumbents achieve strategic fit? And furthermore, how should these models be applied in times of disruption? Mikko and Adrian get to the heart of the matter through a case study of a large retail bank in the Nordics. Here's Mikko Riikinen from Roche Republic kicking off the podcast on the bank's collaboration with fintechs. Yeah, so, um, so let's talk about next, uh, next about the fintech collaboration and yeah. basically banks working together with um, fintechs. Fintech startups, exactly, and and how to how to find your strategy with those. I think I think this is a hot topic for everyone. I think most of the banks have tried in different ways to do it, and yep. and you know things like open banking, PSD two, and so on are for sure pushing it is even further. Yeah, and as we discussed in in the other episodes, it's uh, you. I see that every bank needs to work together somehow with with startups. Yeah, and um, there's a I've been I've been closely watching one uh, large Nordic bank and and the way how they organized around around this collaboration and what was interesting to see that they kind of it started in the beginning is this classical accelerator model okay. where you invite external ideas to work together uh, work together with your organization. And uh, through that one, they then basically realized that um, they were not internally ready. So yeah. uh, technically not ready, organization not ready, um, not super easy to implement, or like basically impossible to implement these external ideas yeah. with, the, with the organization. And, and there was no clear buy-in for these obviously external ideas coming to challenge you. Yeah, and then they did a like couple of years after they did another round where they uh, started with the top management commitment. So basically, uh, all of the startups that joined to the, their external uh, to this accelerator program were aligned with the strategy. So I think that was actually okay. an interesting finding that you basically take your bank's own strategy. Yeah, you find areas from there that okay, we want to specialize in this segment or yeah. this target group or be fast, whatever the strategy there is. Yeah, and then you find startups that kind of support that ideology. So, mm-hmm. like in theory, they are aligned then with your own strategy. Mm-hmm. That's and interesting. Then, yeah. And and I, and that was I think that was actually a really interesting finding, and I it had then. A, like it made it easier obviously because you could kind of name the responsible in the top management team who is responsible for this area startups mm-hmm. as well and and the targets were aligned however the challenge still in that model was that the technology was missing well luckily now we are moving towards open banking so it's kind mm-hmm. of uh, coming along but but still there's a big challenge what i see is that the uh, like the fundamental challenge is Large organizations uh, know that there are limits, yeah. and and you need to go through different kind of decision making processes. Whereas in the startup, you basically expect something to happen today or latest by tomorrow morning. Exactly. And this yeah. kind of clashes over and over again together, where 
I see that the API structure, uh, like if, if you're talking about APIs, it, it's not only the technical solution, you need to also figure out the capability of the organization to work, uh, to work together with these uh, uh, partner startups and so on. Yep. Um, what this bank now then finally did was that they kind of changed the direction of the innovation flow. So instead of taking the ideas from outside, they ended up actually going back to this, you know, in internal ideas, putting those to external accelerator programs. So basically they made the first draft of the team uh, okay. from in like inside, which was then supported by external experts in an external accelerator program. Okay. So they kind of identified that, okay, well, you know, they are, uh, like the idea we have internally might be good, yeah. but the expertise for actually delivering it might be outside of our organization. So let's put these people from our organization to an external program with these external experts helping and giving them the kind of entrepreneurship capability of building up something. Yeah. And let's try to support it there. And, yeah, and uh, I think that... I, I think that actually works for that organization. I don't know if it's a solution for everyone, but I what, but for me it was kind of an eye-opening moment when I realized that you can actually do the same thing in in different ways. Yeah. And um, and you can <clears throat> like in order to get there, you obviously need to be ready to then to a certain extent give up yeah. part of your part of your ownership or so on, and yeah. you need to also give the the room for your employees to develop, but what, but what also is interesting in that concept is that um, if you let your employees do that and they fail, think of all of the learnings they kind of gain doing that yeah. process. Because if in the other way, other concept like the earlier concept they have had, where you take external people to join your accelerator program for three months or so, they kind of come in and then they leave. Yeah. But if you take your internal employees, put them into an external program for three months and they yeah. come back, they actually, they kind of bring this outside knowledge to your organization. Okay. Yeah. Plus they also know the limitations of your organization. They don't, they don't assume that you can, you know, fly to moon next week. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, think about um, how compliance and regulatory driven the banks are. Yeah. If there's, I mean, startup corporations and, and uh, accelerator programs and how to get how to how to you know solve the innovators dilemma is any, is in any industry a super big topic and a very challenging topic that where a lot of companies have trouble with anyways and then you zoom into the banking industry and see that traditional banks are risk averse super compliance driven and um, regulatory driven so they don't want to take any risk when it comes to um, you know launching a new business or, or in general i think that's really deep in their dna so if you're working at a big bank no one is celebrating risk taking. It's 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 <laughs> it's, it's, really it's, it's all about knowing you know um, having this risk awareness. So um, they're the most anti um, you know anti like when it comes about innovation. I think they they're having a um, a hard time to pivot into those mindsets and strategies where other industries might have a little bit of a competitive advantage because they thrive on new ideas and risk taking and celebrating fails. But within a bank, no, uh, celebrate, celebrating a fail probably doesn't happen that often. I, I think you're getting fired, uh, you know. So that's that's exactly. that's the starting point first of all. So um, that's why I find it's interesting what you mentioned based on your research as well that. Um, Having this strategic fit between the corporate uh, between the innovation activities and corporations with your 
you know, uh, actual uh, streams and pillars of your corporate strategy. That's that's um, an interesting success factor that I can also um, say from my point of view by having worked at Holvi and BBVA that this is what happened there as well. So they, they had this buy, build, invest yeah. strategy. Um, later outsourced their investing to a VC, but um, at that time they bought Holvi because it was um, in 2016 part of their strategic agenda to um, uh, increase the business footprint in Europe, where they exactly. didn't have. Um, it was operate. aligned with their strategy. It was aligned, goal. and yeah. it was an experiment for them. And, yeah. and it was an outside ring-fenced um, activity um, that either could fail or could could in any case it could provide a lot of learnings for the bank to see if um, something like Holvi can succeed or not. And you have a dedicated startup that they bought, a dedicated team um, that can do you know not whatever they want but based on the on the goals that um, and the learnings you want to get from the market um, where you can have a much faster learning cycle and uh, a success that you would never be able to pull put off um, or pull off a, a, at a traditional bank because um, of course if you have worked for 10 years in this risk averse environment bubble you will yeah. never be uh, yeah like someone who can then suddenly be celebrated for taking risks and failing which is the key point of launching a greenfield venture and another point um, which is interesting as well is what you mentioned from the from the big nordic bank when they pivoted into having an internal idea flow or an innovation pipeline that was then put into accelerators and so on is that um, if you think about the biggest startups and they're often founded by people coming from big organizations um, working there and being frustrated because they know this they know exactly, exactly. have a deep insight into processes and structures and industry dynamics um, and uh, and, work, and the people that work there until they're really fed up with being part of a huge organization that is moving so slowly and not not acting on new market dynamics so then they go out and are trying to start something that really builds on their unique insights and if you are able to combine this and keep this entrepreneurial spirit inside the organization by having an internal idea pool but then allowing the people to actually implement stuff and uh, or put those ideas into separate innovation streams um, that are not really interfering with the day-to-day -day work um, because obviously I think if your big organization is anyways about minimizing risk and, mm. and optimizing and achieving the maximum amount of efficiency that's possible which is this typical efficiency engine yeah. um, and then the other part of the life cycle is when you start a business because any business was started at some point right so then it's all about risk taking and um, applying completely different strategies and survival tactics than you know from a corporate world so having this into an into a separate entity um, that is still somehow governed by the big corporation is the biggest challenge but uh, what you just said i think that uh, that worked for this bank quite well yeah and well i think time will then finally show how they uh, how it functions, but I do believe that there is something there in um, in that direction. Well, one of the ventures actually is working now really well, and they raised some more funding, and uh, it's kind of kicking off. Um, well, like it, it is kicking off. It's already. Uh, oh no, I think it's nearly on the A round levels soon. Yeah. Um, but what I what I find interesting in that concept is that in the end of the day, from the corporation's perspective, the investment that you make is really. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing yeah. because if you if you kind of allow your motivated employees to follow their dreams, let's say for three months, and you pay their salary, yeah, they fail. I'm sure they are, a they are more than happy to come back. <laughs> yeah, and but the nicest thing is that actually the learnings that they gathered, yeah, they also bring back. 
plus they are even more motivated to continue because you kind of gave them the space to do that because you know the what the kind of the opportunity cost is that they say yeah. you know screw it i'm leaving i want to try my own yeah and they and they just leave <laughs> yeah exactly so then you kind of lose all of that uh, all of that drive uh, thrive that they have and and another thing is exactly what you brought up um is this um like if you can kind of build up this culture where people are willing to try out things i think that's also really important for your organization in general to yeah. I, to get further i think that's really a big big um, challenge at the banking industry anyways and the question is do you want to do you want your employees to be innovative and risk-taking in your core business yeah is it good or bad I, yeah. i'm not sure i mean if you're working at the traditional corporate bank i think you should be risk averse if you're that type of person and just you know Uh, and, and increase efficiencies and 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 um, if you and then the question is okay do you have some employees that are actually having good ideas and having innovative um, uh, in, uh, innovative yeah. ideas and, and would like to build new businesses um, then what do you do with that do you uh, do you take them out and put them into your innovation programs or do you just build up an internal pipeline of ideas um, that are then funneled into um, outside innovation programs. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me the question is, can banks be innovative entities on their own as they are now? Like if you look at the traditional banks or should they have separate innovation uh, streams on the side um, where you know all the risk taking takes place? Um, um, I think a lot of banks struggle with that. Like um, ING for example has uh, fully um, implemented an agile structure within the business, agile, agile um, organizational structures as well as processes. So, so that's already, um, yeah, quite unique in the banking industry. Not not many banks work like this. Um, so, in squads and tribes and so on. And Commerzbank is moving in Germany is moving into exactly. that direction as well. OP is using it in Finland as well. Yeah. Um, so, I think that will be interesting to see if the traditional hierarchy of the banks will remain. The, the, the way to go or if the agile banks will will actually be more successful over the next years um, have there been any other success factors based on your paper that um, where you see this is something that all banks can apply or was that just specific for this one yeah I think it's a as I said like I think every bank has to has to figure out their own own angle to it but but what I do see important is that you you know you have your own strategy you have the bank strategy. Yeah. And then whatever you do, let's say actually whatever you do within open banking or this collaboration or innovation space, mm -hmm. those initiatives should be aligned with your main strategy. Because okay. if it's not, then they, you won't ever get those projects through within your organization, obviously, because they are kind of clashing. Yeah. Or, or um, another thing what you need to figure out is that how do you get a top manager Uh, to buy in to this, you know, this obviously innovative idea. Yeah. Because in the worst case scenario, it, it really takes guts from that person to be in that, you know, top management a meeting and be like, hey, actually, we should spend 300,000 euros on this one startup. Yeah. Who, which is basically able to challenge my whole business line. Yeah. And you know, it's actually quite natural to not say that you would be rather we want to yep. rather you know hold your position as the uh, as the business segment leader yeah. and say that no it's not you know they won't ever be able to take over my organization so um so figuring out how do you 
align those initiatives with the main strategy and how do you get then the top managers yeah. uh, buy-in, which quite often it needs to be then, it's actually really, you know, humane drivers. I think it's uh, it needs to basically push the KPI, it needs to be aligned with the KPIs of that person who yeah. is in lead of that organization. So let's, you know, if we talked about business banking, so, so there would be some kind of business banking lead. And yeah. if you want to have a business business banking startup to work with, obviously the business banking lead needs to buy into the idea of working together with a business banking startup. Yeah. And that business banking startup needs to either get new customers or get new business or uh, drop costs significantly yeah. within the business banking yeah. or, or somehow infrastructure and so exactly yeah. it needs to kind of somehow push towards the same direction yeah because otherwise you you know the organization will just kind of be teflon and not accept yeah. it at all or, or it will there, there will be the classical corporate problem where it kind of just slowly dies out yeah. but it just talks about it and then yeah. two years after it's it's gone so I think the alignment is uh, is a really big key. And then also another thing what is important is to kind of identify your capabilities. Like what are the things that you can do yeah. and what are the things you can't do? So if you're obviously entrepreneurship, as we discussed, is not, it, it's not the strength of a bank's organization because it would uh, yeah. require some kind of risk-taking abilities. And if, if you're looking at the hiring processes of banks, yeah. <laughs> they don't prefer the people with risk taking. They rather want to, you know, exactly, yeah. take the risk uh, averse people in. Yeah. So obviously, you need to crack that. Then technology, like, are we to what extent we are able to do yeah. things? So technical capabilities, open banking is, you know, helping it. Yeah. But there's also limitations. You can't offer yeah. everything as an API. So Maybe there's some other solutions to do that. Cultural things, you know, are we ready to, like, how do we figure out failing? Like, to what extent can we take failing? Which yeah. areas, how can we kind of scope it? And uh, what are the areas we want to go to? And yeah. then uh, finally, I would say like strategic capabilities that, um, or like strategic perspective, what I would do is that first choosing, you know, looking at the main strategy and then thinking what what would be the budget to deliver this part of the strategy? Mm -hmm. And then try to be creative and open-minded that, hey, what if we, instead of doing a campaign within this area for, I don't know, 2 million euros, yeah. what if we actually split it to little bit smaller parts and try to do something together with someone else or even buy some existing startup within that space? Yeah. And would that get us to faster to our goal yeah 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 that's super interesting Be insight. because you know if if you if you limit the budget uh what's the difference of uh buying a startup for uh, i don't know two million euros and which fails or spending two million euros to a, a ad campaign that fails yeah you know you yeah. anyway lost the money you gained the learning and you know you move yeah. further absolutely um yeah it also reminds me of of the horizon one two and three um, you know the typical innovation um, yeah, horizon. Exactly. So I think that's also part of it. Obviously, um, yeah. For example, with BBVA, they have the, they're using this framework, and 
Um, they have partnerships with universities and research labs on Horizon 3, so, so pretty like advanced technologies um, like artificial intelligence and blockchain and um, are trying to get first use cases for that as well. And of course, I think that are probably the easiest ones to handle because they don't need to provide us uh, an immediate return on investment, but can um, you know, can, can already um, provide good PR for the bank and good first case studies like a blockchain enabled um, uh, loan or something like that. So, yeah. uh, which which BBVA has has done already. So, for so that's that's I think the easiest one, and and it gets harder and harder as soon as you move closer to the core business and to um, shorter time frames. What you just mentioned also as well is that um, having the um, yeah the guts to launch something that might cannibalize your own core business and how the managers that are that are responsible for the core businesses KPIs. Um, that's that's a huge challenge, um, which has killed a lot of different startup corporations and own internal greenfield initiatives. Um, also in the banking industry, with um, JP Morgan Chase, who has launched a digital bank, yeah. that that completely cannibalized um, some of their senior managers' own traditional business lines. So that was a constant friction, and at the end, um, they have shut down the digital bank. Which and I think it doesn't have to be this way, especially in banking. They need to f the banks, the traditional banks, need to find ways to launch new digital businesses. Yeah, which they need to do anyways because they need to re-platform and, and get learnings in how how it all works with the cloud and microservices and API enabled infrastructures, um, which you can't do immediately with your traditional banking infrastructure that you have built on uh, since the last decade. So so this is super important, but at the same time, of as you as you mentioned. To have those senior managers as sponsors and um, in include them in all these projects as um, at least in a governance model that's extremely important um, because at, at the end of the day the customers you win through new digital initiatives um, shouldn't be seen as uh, as a business that's cannibalizing the, the, the old business that you're still running um, but I think this is one of the biggest friction points at the moment um, where banks need to decide how to build up new business while and managing the friction between having the old business as efficient as possible and then taking a lot of risks to make sure that whatever they're doing next um, is is yeah is providing good uh, return on investments over the next decades for yeah so i think it, that's um exactly and uh, so if i would summarize the kind of what to do with yeah. these innovation collaboration programs i would uh, say that uh, put the strategy glasses on <laughs> yeah. see to what direction you, you want to go and then see kind of see through those classes what other providers what opportunities are aligned with that and then yeah. go towards that one and Absolutely. fearlessly yeah fearlessly okay but thanks for listening this was about uh, collaboration with fintechs in banks Perfect. thanks